everybody, this is comedian John Hepburn, and you're listening to P.S. Tape Recorder. Tape recorder. Coming up, what does a power pop punk band from Northern California do when they discover a British boy band, which is heavily promoted and has deep pockets, is using their band name? We didn't really know about them for a while. It wasn't really until one of Sean's friends came up to him and told him that he heard about a band from the UK with the same name, and we, we were pretty confused at first. We'll hear more from Hollister California's One Direction, including their brand new single, which I think you're going to like, uh, coming up in just a little bit. We'll also hear from Fox and Friends' Steve Ducey. He kind of apologizes for making a mistake, and he kind of doesn't. But first, as always, fake news. And now, fake news with me. Donald Trump on Wednesday swept into Scotland's parliament to demand the country end plans for an offshore wind farm he fears will spoil the view at his exclusive new $1.2 billion golf resort. The location for the turbines was chosen because the area regularly receives gusty winds of up to 50 miles an hour and can reach close to 75 miles an hour when Trump is speaking there. Yeah, kind of heck, yeah, I know. Among the more fun space efforts ever mounted by NASA, the Deep Impact spacecraft, which actually sounds filthy dirty, smacked into a comet at 23,000 miles per hour in 2005. The result was a crater almost 2,800 feet across and 164 feet deep. High fives all around at JPL. Plans are now to send a probe up there with an M80. Uh, other news from NASA. Today, NASA released a rare photo of a 75-ton meteoroid striking... In other space news, NASA this week released a rare photo of a 75-ton meteoroid streaking toward Earth over central and northern California. That happened last Sunday. NASA's Meteoroid Environments Office estimates the object was about the size of a minivan, and ironically, it landed in a soccer field. Burger King is about to get more humane. The nation's number two fast food change announced an agreement this past Wednesday with the Humane Society of the United States to switch to eggs from hens not kept in cages and only to use pork products from pigs also not kept and bred in small cages. As a further measure aimed at being nicer to animals, they won't feed them any food made at Burger King. I like Burger King, actually. Priceline CEO Jeffrey Boyd is the latest executive to cash in on over $50 million in salary and bonuses. Boyd, who has presided over the internet travel service since 2002, received pay and equity worth $9 million last year and exercised options for a gain valued at $52.6 million, the company said this past Tuesday in its annual proxy filing. Boyd received the money after entering the price he felt he should be paid, which Priceline actually accepted. And that's been Fake News with me. They had a bit of an issue over at Fox and Friends this week. Maybe you saw it mentioned on the Colbert Report or the David Pakman Show. Now, I know you know about Colbert, but if you don't already know about David Pakman, do check him out on YouTube. It's P-A-K-M-A-N. It's the David Pakman Show. Uh, it's really good. It's kind of like a Young Turks kind of situation, uh, but the, the young man does a very fine job. I think you'll enjoy him. Anyway, Steve the Deuce Ducey interviewing Mitt Romney informs the presumed GOP presidential candidate of a vicious attack put forth by the incumbent Barack Obama. Tell him, Steve. 
rhetoric. Uh, he had some fiery rhetoric pointed at you yesterday. He said, uh, unlike some people, I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. <laughs> well, you know, uh, the president is, uh, uh, is really taking aim at anybody he can find these days. Ouch! What a jerk our president is! Hey, do we have some audio on that? Because that, that's pretty brutal stuff. Oh, we don't? Oh, because the president didn't say that? Well, what did he say? I'm sure it was pretty bad. Somebody gave me an education. I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. Michelle wasn't. But somebody gave us a chance. Oh. Well, an apology from Mr. Ducey is probably appropriate then. Oh, look, I googled Ducey apology, and here's a story from the New Jersey Star-Ledger with a little video clip. Headline, Fox host Steve Ducey apologizes for misquoting President Obama. Wow, an actual apology from Fox and Friends. Uh, let's have a listen. 12 minutes before the top of the hour. Last week, President Obama talked about not being born with a silver spoon in his mouth. That was interpreted as a big dig at Mitt Romney. When I was interviewing Governor Romney on this show, I asked him about it. However, I did some paraphrasing that seemed to misquote the president. So to be clear, the president's exact quote was, I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. And I hope that clears up any confusion. Oh, so it's not actually an apology. It's a correction. And, and Steve throws this in at the end. I just love this, this last bit. I'm going to play this again. And I hope that clears up any confusion. Actually, Steve, it makes me even more confused about why anyone would believe anything that is said on Fox News. In fact, I don't even believe Steve when he says this. Twelve minutes before the top of the hour. Guess I'll just have to take your word for it on that one, Steve. Okay, so while this really isn't the uh, first time that this has happened uh, on Fox and Friends, President Obama headed to Japan back in 2009, and this past October, WikiLeaks posted a cable which Fox and Friend, nor anyone at Fox News, actually read. Fox and Friends, could you please totally misinform us about the president's trip to Japan? The president in 2009 was heading over to Japan, at which time, evidently, the, the White House had a great idea. Let's apologize for dropping that bomb on Hiroshima. Holy cow, that's big. Do we have confirmation on this from another source? A previously secret U.S. government cable indicates Japan rejected a potential visit by President Obama to Hiroshima that would have included an apology for the U.S. atomic bombing during World War II. The November 2009 document was posted by the WikiLeaks website. Fox News' is Brett Beyer from the Spicy Grapevine section. Okay, wow, I mean, that, that, that's pretty big. Uh, it's a shame there's no way to look up that WikiLeaks document, though. Oh, no, wait! <laughs> there is! And both NBR and ABC News did that and posted it on their websites. Um, and you can also go to the WikiLeaks website, too, by the way. Now, as it turns out, the cable was from the U.S. ambassador to Japan, and he was responding to a desire by some Japanese uh, prior to the president's visit that maybe the president should come to Hiroshima and apologize for the nuclear uh, bomb that we dropped dropped on them twice. The ambassador told the uh, White House that this is not a good idea. And the White House said, don't worry, there were no plans to do that anyway. So that's cool. No plans to do so. Uh, but someone must have taken Fox News aside uh, later on after this and said, hey, maybe you guys should actually read the cable too. We'd like to uh, clarify a story we uh, told you about yesterday during our program. The story was about a possible apology from President Obama to Japan for the U.S. dropping atomic bombs on that country during World War II. We want to be very clear, there was never a plan for President Obama to apologize to Japan. We should have been clear about that, and we're sorry for the confusion. 
Yeah, we're sorry for the confusion. We may crap up, you decide, then we report it correctly later on, and hopefully you're not all confused by that. Sorry for the confusion. Yeah, because you made it sound like the exact opposite of what the president was going to do. So you can see where someone might have thought that the president was making the trip to Japan with the sole intent of apologizing. Well, well like this guy. I will not apologize for America. Our president has taken a different approach. This is really good, by the way. Well, what's the different approach, Mint? Have we ever had a president who was so eager to address the world with an apology on his lips and doubt in his heart? He seems truly confused not only about America's past, but also about its future. So critical was President Obama of America before the United Nations that Fidel Castro complimented him for his courage and brave gesture. And Venezuelan dictator and thug Hugo Chavez joined in on the praise. By the way, you think Steve Ducey and the folks at Fox News misquote people? Yeah, they've got nothing on Mitt. President Obama speaking at the UN. Here you go. Now, like all of you, my responsibility is to act in the interests of my nation and my people. And I will never apologize for defending those interests. I just love that latest correction, though, from, from Ducey. And I hope that clears up any confusion. This is fun. I'd like to have a go. Uh, Steve Ducey, Gretchen Carlson, and Brian Kilmeade are disingenuous liars who frame the conversation in a way that discredits the president, even if it means telling flat-out lies and making crap up out of whole cloth. What I meant to say was, Steve Ducey and the gang at Fox News sometimes misspeak. I hope that clears up the confusion. If you're a aficionado of popular music, you may have heard about uh, this next story. There's a boy band from the UK called One Direction, and they are massive. They're proper, as our friends say over in Britain. The first UK group to have their debut album enter the US album chart at number one. Uh, one tiny problem, there's a group from California that apparently had the name first. Now, I came across a story on BBC Radio 1. I'm a big fan of theirs. Uh, and then I did some digging. I found the American band and wasn't quite sure what to expect. Turns out they're a power punk pop band along the lines of Blink-182, All Time Low, Yellow Card, uh, and folks like that. And they're really good. Now, TMZ got a hold of the story as well, and apparently tried to make the American band look foolish. Now, I could not find a video of this interview. I found part of it somebody had posted, but they only posted like half the interview, and then they just it just cuts off. So anyway, TMZ, uh, their, their point of view, Harv Levin was actually sitting in uh, on the interview. He says, uh, the British band has gotten you guys a lot more exposure, and uh, a lot of folks are also of this opinion, thinking, well, you know, the, the American One Direction should be thankful that they've gotten all this exposure from UK One Direction, which is a really weird opinion for Harv Levin to have, because he's a lawyer. So... Anyway, uh, British One Direction has had uh, the earlier chart success, certainly, and they should keep the name is the argument, which is just crazy. Now, some of you may recall, uh, I played some music by the band. Uh, I used to be in a couple of episodes ago, uh, and indeed a lot of the bumper music you hear on the show is from that band. Uh, we were called the same, and I really liked that name. And if someone would have told us, uh, no, there's a more successful act somewhere else using this name, I would have been indignant if, you know, if we would have had the name first. California's One Direction are not indignant. They're not mad at... One Direction UK, they just want the name. 
and uh, we'll discuss this more after our interview with the band. Now, after the TMZ interview, they became a bit wary, so their manager sat in on the interview I did with them on Skype. The band's manager is the father of founding member Sean O'Leary, and nothing unusual about that. The Beach Boys did that for the first part of their career, until Murray Wilson drove them all nuts and had to fire But <laughs> hopefully it turns out better for One Direction. I think it will. Uh, it's a funny story about uh, how Dan O'Leary became the band's manager. We'll hear about that as well. Uh, we'll also hear about how they chose the name about their music, and we'll also hear a tune from One Direction I think you'll enjoy. Here now is our interview with One Direction from Hollister, California. Got us on video? Yeah. yeah. I used to, I had a camera hooked up to it before that my niece gave me, but it looked like I was talking to you from the surface of the moon, so. That's all right. One small step. There you go. All right, let me make sure I got my levels here. You guys sound good. Let me see here. I'll go to my questions as well. <laughs> okay. Um, I thought you were talking about the album, right? Um, I've heard the first, I haven't heard the album yet. I heard those two songs I was uh, told you about in the email. Um, Uncharted Shores and 2012. Yeah, I'm going to send you an MP3 of one more, though. It's going to be called Sink or Swim. Cool, man. Whichever one you want me to play uh, on the show, just let me know. Um, okay, well, well, you might want to listen to the words to Sink or Swim. It's kind of their uh, uh, their feelings during oh. this controversy. They okay. kind of added some words to this song, and I think you'll get a kick out of it. Okay, cool. All right. Well, uh, we'll do this Mark Maron style. We'll already have it started here, but uh, just... To officially welcome you in. Uh, we're talking to uh, California's One Direction on PS Tape Recorder. Guys, how you doing? Hey, we're doing good. Good, yeah. We, uh, we discovered you in a roundabout way, of course, because of the uh, the controversy uh, over uh, another band with uh, this, using that name. But first things first, let's talk about you guys. Um, how did the band form? You guys all friends uh, before, or did you kind of recruit each other as you went along? How did that happen? Um, well, hey, this, I'm Sean, and uh, I started the band back in '09 or in the fall, and uh, passing out demo CDs and selling them for you know a couple bucks, and started to get a hype going around. I recruited um, some people around the school that I knew, some from other bands, and then you know some people had to take their own route, and you know the band we uh, my dad actually found. Um, Skyler and Klaus, a couple musicians from Monterey, and uh, we worked with them, and the band clicked, and we're on our way. So you guys aren't all from Greater Hollister, and Hollister, for those of you who don't know, is, I guess, what, 30, 40 miles, 50 miles south of San Jose? That yeah, it's about an hour south. Okay. So you guys are not all from the Greater Hollister area, but are from Northern California. We surround yeah. the Monterey Bay. All right. Well, very good. So was it difficult kind of finding uh, talent, I guess, uh, in that, you know, that small of an area? Because I guess you know, it's not as, as dense a population as the Bay Area. Well, Trespano's got 400 people in it, and the original band had five of the 400 people in the band. <laughs> <laughs> so folks so. at home can do the math on that, yeah. Um, so who were some of the early influences for uh, each of you guys? Because I know you guys kind of have slightly different musical tastes from what I read in the bio. Um. Well, my influence was uh, Blink-182. That was that was my thing. Same here. Yeah. Okay. My daughter's on a big Blink kick lately, so. 
Her uh, sure. favorite band was inspired by Blink-182. In fact, I'll ask that last question now because she'll, she'll want me to ask you. What do you guys think of All, all Time Low? I like them. Yeah, I know. Right, they, they sound great. Yeah, yeah we, we've seen them a bunch yeah. of times. Uh, a good pop, pop rock band. In fact, Scott, who's our bass player, he's got some of them on, uh, on his uh, iPhone or iPod yeah. or whatever. There you go. <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> so, and, and who do you like to listen to these days uh, when you're not listening to your own stuff? You know, the only album that I actually have on my iPhone is our own stuff. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, let me. Do you uh, like go through? Because I used to be in a band, and do you ever go through your stuff and think, "Oh God, that's got to be mixed again"? <laughs> uh, occasionally. Well, I mean, our drummer Skyler, he's into you know some oldies stuff. When you tell, <laughs> oh, like old jazz stuff, and then oh, okay, Stevie Wonder and uh, and Johnny Guitar Watson and oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, and Klaus is a big metal metalhead. <laughs> so you guys have exposed each other to different kind of musical things uh, in the songwriting process and the production process. Yeah, yeah, yeah by far. That's cool. So you guys, you ever, you're you'd be playing along, and one of you was, hey, you know, maybe we should do something like this, and uh, that that catches a lot of ideas flying around like that. Well, yeah. if you listen to the first album, I mean, check out the the difference in the elevation on the second album. I mean, it's just a a, a true blend of, of, you know, the five of them kind of changing as, as the first album matured. <clears throat> and when was the first album recorded? We, well, we were working on it for about a year. Okay. So we released it in February um, uh, of 2011, and I, we, I was in the studio for about, we were all in the studio for about a, a year working on it. Okay. And uh, Dan, how did you get involved uh, managing the band? Well, when Sean started out, he was, I don't know, 14, 15 years old, and, and I think the, the original time I stepped in was they signed a contract at, you know, 14, 15 years old to play in a, in a gig downtown, Yeah, and uh, they wanted them to sell some tickets, but they were so excited about getting this gig that they didn't read the contract, and the contract said if you didn't sell the tickets, you were responsible for whatever you didn't sell. Oh, <laughs> there was roughly I don't know two or three thousand dollars worth of tickets. Oh my God! And and I told him I said, Hey guys, you know if you're going to start playing these gigs, you've got to read these contracts, and I don't think you're old enough to sign one. So yeah, <laughs> you know that, huh. that's how I got involved, and I got it straightened out for him. Uh, that's cool. Wow. Yeah, you gotta you gotta watch those uh, watch the fine print, and yeah. uh, and now you're to the point where you can demand the uh, all the yellow M and M's be removed from the bowl. Yeah. <laughs> brown, yes. brown okay. <laughs> so when did you first realize that another group was using the same name we didn't really know about them for a while it wasn't really until one of sean's friends came up to him and told him that he heard about a band from the uk with the same name and we, we, we were pretty confused at first huh yeah it was like we didn't pay any attention to him because we were too busy doing our own thing and yeah we, we oh, that's true really you were much. knee deep in making your album so yeah yeah mm -hmm. Um, yeah, this isn't unprecedented though, because uh, of course um, uh, the the English beat when they came over to America had to be called. Uh, they were the beat in England, but they were the English beat here because of a Los Angeles band named the Beat. But he has to go over to England, and he's Paul Collins and the Beat over there. So uh, this this has happened a lot. Um, in fact, the band I was in was called the same, 
and we were uh, in Pittsburgh, and uh, some guys told us, you know, there was a band here years ago that was called the same, and we were like, oh, but we looked around, and they weren't using the name anymore, but I told my buddy, I said, you know, we should call ourselves the same UK if we have to change the name, and he goes, oh, but every band does that. I'm like, yeah, but we're not from the UK. That's the joke. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so, so who decides then who, who gets the name? I mean, do you guys have to go to an American court or a British court or just have, just have to be settled like gentlemen, or how is, how is this going to be worked out? Well, I think what will happen is um, ultimately the management will decide between the two. So the management between the UK and, and myself. Okay. But um, as far as, you know, the, the details of it, you know, nothing can be actually discussed openly at this point. Okay. So, um, but how do you guys settle on the name One Direction? What was the inspiration for that? Well, when, when I was a little kid uh, trying to start up, you know, little things here and there, my dad was always like a business. He's been self-employed since, I don't know, I wasn't even born yet. But he always used to tell me, you know, well, when starting out, you're already at the bottom. So there's only really one direction to go with it, which is up. Ah. So when I was old enough to actually start writing music and getting into everything, I figured, well, you know, my my head was trying to make this as a career. That's That was the opportunity. That was my goal. And so I figured, you know, why not? have that be the ultimate moral of the story. So I figured One Direction would be the name. So growing up in a town of uh, 400 people, did that give you uh, make it easier for you to be able to concentrate and spend more time playing music and developing your sound with fewer distractions, I guess? Uh, yeah. We live pretty, you know, 10 miles out from, from Hollister, and I didn't have a car at the time, so I was pretty latched down at the house. I used to just come home from school and just, I was an original, I was a drummer before I started this, so I used to come home and just start drumming away and just music all day, every day. You know, they start in the in the house, then you move them to the garage. Oh, and there you, you go. The and, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I uh, I Google mapped, uh, I Google earthed the uh, the town there. Uh, how's it pronounced? Tre, Trepinos? Like, Trespinos. Trespinos. Yeah, it looks very charming. Looks 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 very nice. It's cute. Yeah. It's cute. It's quaint. It's quaint. Yeah, it, it does look very nice. Um, <laughs> have there been any uh, like unexpected influences on the band, or uh, like new sounds you've heard lately that you've thought, "Wow, and that'd be a nice, uh, nice thing to explore." Dubstep. 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 Uh, <laughs> that's kind of a joke around our family. Uh, we we call everything dubstep, <laughs> but we were into a lot of dubstep stuff. Well, this uh, this gal we like out of Canada. Her name is Lights. Have you ever heard of her? I, I couldn't. Is that her first name? That's her. Her name is Valerie Poxleitner, but her stage name is Lights. Oh, okay. And she's a friend of the podcast. Anyway, she's uh, does a lot of electronic stuff, and her uh, her latest album was influenced a lot by uh, dubstep. And she performed at the Juno Awards with Dead Mouse, who I guess is oh, like the big dubstep guy right now. Nice. That's like that big head he wears with all the lights on it. I don't know. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, that's, that'll, that'll be very cool. So anything coming up on the album that's going to, on the new album that's going to kind of be dubstep influenced? Is that kind of the next phase uh, down the road? The new album's already out. It came yeah. out on the 16th. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, um, yeah, it's in the works. We, you know, we, I think the most dubstep we have in this second album is the, is the cut time kick snare. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you do some remixes. Yeah, yeah, always fun. You know. A lot of this, even the uh, that track 2012 with that little keyboard in the background, that sounds very remixable. Um, so, what are your each of your guys's favorite song, or if you can't think of a favorite song of somebody else's, uh, uh, just a favorite song that you you know uh, would never get tired of, and then a favorite song of the band. Uh, 
This is Skylar. Okay. Uh, my my favorite song right now is Six Cents off the second album. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, same here. I like Uncharted Chores and Sink or Swim. That's a good one too. Yeah. Okay. Also cool. Follow. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I think that whole second album's got a real catch to it. I didn't think they could top their first album, but yeah. I think they did with their second album. Shows how much faith. Yeah. So who produced the album? Because uh, for the sound I've heard of it so far, it's uh, it's really sharp. Well, we have ourselves a great producer. Um, his name's Mike Gross, and uh, he works wonders. And so, what would be your favorite songs of like that are not One Direction songs? Uh, I assume there's some Blink in there, probably. How about Stairway to Heaven? <laughs> <All right. laughs> or Freebird? What about What about Mountain Man by the Crash Kings? Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm really into this band right now. I've been to them for a while. It's a British band called Band of Skulls. Like oh yeah, band. yeah, yeah. I've heard them. Uh, I've heard them before. Yeah, their their new album is pretty awesome. I like that uh, track, uh, Wonderluster. It's a really yeah. good one. Cool. And uh, I guess uh, your first album was doing pretty well. The new album, I guess you were telling me, Dan is is doing pretty well on the iTunes. So is it going to be a bigger touring in the offing? Well, we've got uh, a few offers on the table now that we're kind of reviewing. They just now got, uh, we just finished up that second album and released it. So yeah. they're kind of hitting it hard with the practicing to try to merge that into a um, a tour. So we're we're working on the summer tours right now. Sounds good. Any chance you'll come east or is it going to be more concentrating on the west coast to start off with? You know what? I'm not really sure. We've got a... We've got some abroad stuff that we're looking at. We've got some stuff on the East Coast, and we've got some stuff in Southern California. So oh, great. I think once we get it refined, we'll, we'll have a better idea where we're going. All right. Well, sounds good, guys. Uh, thanks for taking the time and uh, coming together on such short notice to do the interview. Uh, this yeah, thank you. No problem, problem. Thank yeah. you. How's the weather over there? We'd love to be in Cincinnati and, and back east, though. Oh, yeah. Well, it's raining right now here in the Midwest. So. Oh, boom. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, I was we've, raining this morning here too. So it's yeah. been unseasonably warm here, though. It's been very California-like, actually. Uh, so you'd, you'd be right at home uh, with most of the weather we've been having. Fog and cold. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, it gets foggy. We're in a, we're in a river valley, so we get a lot of fog in the morning uh, down in the low-lying area. So yeah, uh, quite a, probably more like uh, Northern California than I even realized. Um, yeah, that's right. Great. No, we'd love to do an East Coast tour. That'd be a blast. Awesome. Well, we'll check you out. Certainly, if you come anywhere near us, we've, we've traveled to see many bands before, so uh, we'll, we'll certainly keep you guys on the list. Great. Well, thank cool. you so thank much. You. All right. Okay, guys. Well, uh, thanks again. Uh, this will plop on Sunday night. I'll, Dan, I'll send you a link so the guys can check it out. Okay, well, again, thanks for taking the time, and, and best of luck to you the rest of the way. We'll be looking for you here in the Midwest and uh, listeners around the world as well, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Thanks, right, thanks, guys. All right, bye. Bye. Thanks again to One Direction from Hollister, California, for being on the podcast. And I think I have a solution after all that. Uh, they should change their name to the real One Direction and really cheese off Simon Cowell. <laughs> Simon Cowell has deep pockets, and of course he's uh, they're on his label over there because they were on the X Factor, which is his show. But it's pretty clear who had the name first. Uh, California One Direction recorded an album starting in 2010, released it in February of 2011. So, I mean, I don't think the U.S. One Direction is going to get a million dollars that they're asking for in the lawsuit, nor do I think
think they really expect to, but I think you have to get people's attention somehow, and that's just you know that's what you do in, in this country and indeed in England. Uh, I think you're going to be looking at One Direction UK, which immediately makes all of the merchandise here extremely valuable. So it's a win-win for everybody. We'll see. In the meantime, uh, I took under advisement the suggestion of uh, the band's manager, Daniel Larry, to play Sink or Swim, which is a song about the current row they're having, uh, which is what they say in the UK. But I opted to go with their new single, Uncharted Chores, because it is so good. It's got a great hook right from the start, and I really think you're going to dig it. This is Uncharted Shores by Hollister California's One Direction on PF's Tape Recorder.
California is One Direction with Uncharted Shores. That's a great tune, man, isn't it? Uh, you can find that in the iTunes and other uh, places as well. Uh, we'll have links, of course, uh, to everything we discussed here on the podcast, uh, everything from uh, Steve Ducey to One Direction. And, of course, you can find that on our Podbean page. That is pfradio.podbean.com if you've arrived at this podcast uh, from some other means, uh, perhaps iTunes. You can also find it on our Auralgasm page. That's A-U-R-A-L-G-A. SAM.org, and then we're one of the 12 shows featured on that network. Uh, let me see. PF Tape Recorder logo design, designed by Dan Koble. Follow him at TigerDactyl on Twitter. He is also starting a podcast, by the way, and we'll have more news on that as it becomes available to us. PF Tape Recorder music uh, was composed by John Veropoulos with a little help from me, performed by John Veropoulos and Doug O'Connor with a tiny bit of help from me. Like us on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at PF66. I believe that is all the business we have for you in this episode, except to say so long and thanks for listening. <laughs>